Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 165. It's one, it's six, and it's five. It's the ENS Wolves Podcast. Leicester City have started the restart fantastically. Draw, draw, loss, loss. Half of London going mental last night. 89th minute, Yarmolenko winner. I tell you what, half of London, what about the whole of Wolverhampton? Whoop, forget sixth, whoop, forget fifth. I tell you what, third and fourth are up for grabs, Joe Edwards. The Champions League is on like Donkey Kong. Or Donker Kong. Oh, Donker Kong, exactly. Exactly, Joe Edwards. How's it going, my pretty pal? I'm all right, to be fair. I'm feeling pretty good. And you're all right. You're feeling good. You should be. You should be feeling bloody great. What? What? What is going on? <laughs> no one wants Champions League football apart from Wolves and maybe a bit of Man United. This is. I can't believe we're talking about this. I can't believe after three games, Wolves are the only team to win every single one of them since the restart. Special things are happening. Can they? Can they? I think they maybe can, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to. Um, it's obviously very exciting, isn't it? Um, it's great. It's great. Whatever, whatever happens, this team. And I've said this on a few occasions. I would not want to follow or support. There's no other team in the last five years who have who have had every single emotion going forward from the depths of despair to literally being amongst the elite, and I mean the elite of Premier League talent. Not just one season wonders. This is here perennially for the next three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. I cannot see, by an absolute disaster, this side not contending for European football for many years to come. Get used to it, Wolves fans, because this is incredible. It's amazing. It just takes your breath away. And uh, I was kind of getting excited about it last night. I'm Trying to temper my excitement a little bit. It's not Just... like you, Joe. It's not like you. Uh, well, yeah. Uh... I've got, to, I've got, I've got to build up that half glass full, and you're, you're the half glass empty kind of thing. Nah. It's a bit yin and yang, but that, that's how it works. That, that's that, that's why it's so mm. successful. Yeah, I, I, I am excited though. It's just um, the tables are happening up very nicely, as you say. Nobody else seems to want it. Uh, dropping silly points and wolves. Have stopped dropping silly points against against the lesser teams. Have they've sorted that out. Saturday is obviously the biggest test yet, um, but if they can win that, then that is an almighty uh, statement. It really is. Do you know what I think? Do you know what? Do you know what I think is the best thing about about this restart and about what's happening and the results they've got? Go barring on. barring the second half at West Ham, I don't think they've played that well. I think they've been yeah. fine, yeah. but I don't yeah. think they've been absolutely on fire. They were okay against Aston Villa. Um, they were they were okay uh, against Bournemouth. They were they were pretty damn good against West Ham for the restart for the majority of it. But by no means have they been sensational, and I wouldn't expect them to be after the restart. It's as good as you could have hoped for. But there's room for improvement and performance there. That's the best thing about it. Yeah, that, that, that's a very good point. And Nuno was, has been keen to mention that actually after every game, saying there's always room to improve, we need to be tighter, more compact, take more chances or whatever it is. He's always said that there is room to improve. And um, it's, a, it's a cliche, isn't it? It's an old cliche. But as I always say with cliches, they're, they're there for a reason. And 
sign of a good team is when you win games when you're not at your best and Wolves haven't been at the best in any of the three games so far but they've pulled out the wins and um, long may that record continue it's just the defence isn't it at the moment if, you, if you're if keeping clean sheets at the right Wolves are you've always got a chance and uh, they barely look like conceding a goal at the minute it's exciting times Joe I, I tell you how exciting it's got to this is how excited I am go on I had my first takeaway since lockdown began yesterday. Bloody hell, that I mean... I went for a takeaway. That is proper kind of, you know... I was going to say something rude there, but that is that is you being quite, like, aroused, isn't it, to be honest? Oh, it, it, it was food porn for me. I was, I was, I was on the beach. <laughs> I, was, I was wandering around. I had the dogs with us. And, the beach? Uh, oh, yeah, on the beach, on the beach, oh. on the beach. The beach, uh, the beach in Dorridge, the Dorridge no, beaches. Nah, mate, no, no. I was, I was in Hull for a couple of days, so Hull, Hull okay. Beach, mate, east, east coast. It's not quite. Uh, yeah, if Dorridge has got a beach, please let me know because I definitely <laughs> haven't been there. Uh, so yeah, we're on Haunted, Haunted Beach, so a bit of east coast, mate. And um, yeah, went for um, went for some fish and chips. Fish and chips by the water can't be that, can oh, you? Oh, lovely. Was it? Um, how was the batter? That, that is... Well, well, it's, a, it's funny you should say that. So I didn't, I didn't technically go for fish and chips. I went, oh. I, 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 well, I did and I didn't. So I, 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 I didn't have the chips. I got for, I asked for fish and mushy peas. But I know a lot of people like batter on their on their fish, but I don't want a heavy batter. I can't go the full hog, obviously. Oh. So I just went for a fresh haddock, large, but I just want it out and in. Stick it out, stick it in. You, you, you like that, don't you? Stick it out, stick it in. Very, very quick. Very, very quick, and uh, so it was a very light, very light batter that was on it. So it wasn't, it wasn't horrifically bad for you. And then I got the mushy peas on top, but but no chips. So it was fish and fish and I got fish and peas basically, fish and but peas. lots of salt, lots of salt and vinegar. And then after that, oh, it didn't stop there, Joe. It didn't mm. stop there, Joe Edwards. It didn't stop there, Wolves peeps. I got a Mister Whippy ninety-nine. Did you have um, strawberry sauce? No, no strawberry sauce because I'm not four. If you're four or twenty-three or whatever, I know you, you would. Have, I know you, know, you would. Have, you have a strawberry sauce. Alana had sprinkles, to be fair, and um, she doesn't like the chocolate. But I do like it. I tell you what, I do like. I like when I'm when I'm delving deep and I'm slurping away, and then you've got the ninety-nine cone, uh, the ninety-nine flake. I like to see if anyone else agrees with me. Um, push it further and further down with your teeth. So then it gets into once you're licking around because you don't want it. You don't want the chocolate when you're licking around the vanilla. The vanilla at the start. So I push it further and further down with your teeth till it gets to through the cone. It gets to kind of like into the cone, the cone V. So it's there. Uh-huh. And then by the time you finish, you're licking around. There's a lot of that vanilla ice cream that's seeped into the cone as well. So when you come to bite the cone, which no one wants an aerated cone with nothing in it. That that's the worst part of it. But you sink you sink that 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 flake into the into the cone. Little bit of vanilla ice cream around it. That's a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic way to finish off an ice cream. I couldn't recommend it more. A few dribbles, a few spurts coming out the end of the cone. It's all good. It was safe. Demolished. Delicious. Thank you very much. So insert the flake. Deep insert into the flake. Push it down. D- deep into push the it cone. Down, and then try, try and drink every single drop. For, D- for, delicious. For a lovely finish. Can't, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. So I would I recommend anyone who hasn't done that. Um, in fact, anyone who sees me at a European game to come, if fans are allowed in, and there's an ice cream shop there, come and get me. I'll get you one and I'll show you exactly how to devour a 99 properly. 
I, I don't mind. I don't mind it when you scoop it in, you know, from the tubs. But I do like a Mr. Whippy. I do like a Mr. Whippy. It's a nice change. I like a machine. Yes, it's a nice change. Um, anyway, <laughs> where I went from there um, to, to that. But yeah, so so exciting times, Joe. How was your week? Was it okay, baby? I mean, we haven't got a lot of banter because um, there's so much to talk about. But you know, anything exciting on in, in uh, Shay Shay Edwards this week? Oh, I told you about my boot bargain, didn't I? Absolute bargain. Oh yeah, you had a boot bargain, didn't you? Yeah. You um, did. So for those who are unaware, I'm, I'm still ha- hanging on to the to the hope of being a well a half decent Sunday League footballer. And um, the shops are back open, aren't they? So I, I went into a Sports Direct, Bentley Bridge, Wensfield. A few listeners all know that. And was surprised to find out that it's closing down. Um, but in the closing down sale, a brand, brand new spanking pair of uh, New Balance football boots, top of the Rangers. Um, 160 quid it sell on the box. I thought, nah, that, that's extortionate. Took them to the counter. 35 quid, so uh, gladly handed it over. Fresh pair of football boots, ready for the new season, bring it on. Oh, job done, mate. Happy days. Yeah. When, when do you think we'll get to play? There's a few people thinking we might get to play cricket later on this season. I'm not so mm-hmm. sure, but but we'll see. It'll be, it'll be nice. It'll be nice to have a bit of sport, especially when we're watching it all. The cricket starts next week. The football's already started. You want to get round and have a bit have a bit of a kick around or a little bit of a bat and mm-hmm. ball, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, we're supposed to have a cup final in August. So it's like 6th of August or something like that. So, and we've had now word that it's off. So, we're kind of thinking that we might have a game in six weeks' time. I tell you, I tell we'll you, I tell, I tell you who um, will be quite happy to have, have had the game called off on Saturday Aston Villa, who, who have lost again um, <laughs> and uh, perennially close to the relegation. Well, they are well into the relegation zone. And to be honest, with that West Ham result the other night, I can't see them escaping. I really can't. It's it's really one of four now. I think West Ham have got a decent run of fixtures as well. Uh, Bournemouth are absolutely Bilge. disgusting. Terrible. They are dreadful. They've gone. They've gone. Even though they're on the same points as Villa, I think they've gone. You can't yeah. get beat four one at home to Newcastle. Um, and 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 you know, could have been five as well. You see that? To try and stay up. Villa. Villa have got to count themselves incredibly lucky that they're only one point I mean probably two points with goal difference two points behind Watford um, at this stage of the season because they should be gone gone as well uh, I know I know they weren't particularly they went for two up front but for me they were more defensive on Saturday oh, Villa were well defensive the, I mean the only chance they would have had against Wolves we spoke about it being a con, almost a a conscious effort of Wolves to kind of, if if they're allowed to, kind of sit back in the first half and unleash and unleash the subs in the second. But the only chance that Villa would have had really was to come out the blocks. You know, Wolves are the worst first half team in the league, as crazy as, as it sounds. They are no, um, terrible, and that would that would be Villa's only hope. But from the start, they were they were just scared. They they, they weren't committing bodies forward. The front two were. I mean, that they could have been playing till now and still wouldn't have scored, and, that, and that's not a stretch because Samata couldn't string two touches together. Davies holds the ball up, but he's he's. I don't, I don't think he's ever scored a professional goal, has he? Pretty much. Um, so no, they're they're in danger. They really are. Um, you know, not just saying it and reveling it because we're we're a wall sponge, but they are poor. Um, 
you know, they've got one player really in Jack Grealish, who's a good player, whatever you think of him. John McGinney's a good player as well, but he's you know, obviously had a long layoff. Um, you're looking at the bottom there, you're thinking, I'm really struggling to see them getting out of it. I think Watford have got one or two results in them, but I don't think Villa have. Um, asked, um, asked a little poll the other day about who your the, the biggest uh, biggest unsung heroes this season. Dendonka, mm. Saïs and Johnny. Dendonka obviously scored the goal and, and was excellent. Your man of the match on, on Saturday, 11%. Saïs, who was everyone, I think, w- w- was on the, the tip of everybody's tongue going into lockdown and has done fantastically well and is not suspended, thankfully, after not picking the booking. So he will be fine for the rest of the season, um, unless he gets sent off. But 42% um, and, and just shows from, from nowhere, really. Not nowhere, well, I guess it's unsung hero. So yes, from nowhere. Johnny, 47%, who I thought was sensational on Saturday. It was everywhere. Some fantastic blocks, threw himself at balls. The assist for Dendonka's goal. And, and those two, it just epitomises, you know, when, when the likes of Raul and Traore and Jota and, and all these, you know, Neves and Moutinho to a certain extent and Doc and, and all these attacking, attacking, you know, assets that Wolves have got, that it's a it's a left wing back to a to a to a holding centre midfielder slash central defender who come up with the three points. Well, to quote my... I can hear you from everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, to quote my predecessor, that Johnny turn in the build-up to the goal on John McGinn was absolute filth. Not Rosie Swarbrick. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was was beautiful and kind of left... You know, send send John McGinn to the shops for some milk or whatever you want to call it. But uh, just kind of left him for dead, and that and that is something with Johnny in these three games back, especially. Just seems to have um, be playing with a bit more freedom and a bit more kind of confidence going forward. We know that he has made improvement going forward over the course of the season, but today just seems more willing to kind of surge towards the box. I mean, I think that is the first time, really, I've seen him between the posts, kind of playing it out wide to Jimenez, and then him kind of taking on that striker role for, for 30 seconds and holding the ball up and, and then bringing in Dandonka to finish. It was um, it was a sign of a player that is really uh, operating at full confidence, at full flow, really believing in himself and just thinking that, I'm not just a defender these days. I can do my bit going forward. You know, he's not just an energetic player either. He's a player with flair and a player with skill. And uh, yeah, Johnny was a delight to watch. As was Dendonka, because we we talk about selfless players. I mean that they they epitomise it because there's a, I mean there's a chance now. I, I've been thinking about what the team will be against Arsenal, and I think there is a very good chance that Dendonka drops back to the bench, but. You know, he won't be moaning or, you know, kind of kicking up a fuss or anything like that. Just the same as Traore last week. You know, they, these players, they're in it for the, for the greater good and they're in for the, for the cause, which is Wolves' success. And if that means they're on the bench one week and then starting the next, they'll, they'll do it, so be it. And Wolves have been rewarded now with these three wins and they are in touching distance of Leicester City in third place. Only three points albeit Leicester have got a better goal, but three points behind them. And they look, the team, I must, I must admit, the, the team most susceptible to, to dropping out of this yeah. and going to sixth. And I think if I was, you know, United were obviously playing very, very well and they demolished a, a poor Brighton side 
this week. Chelsea have had a wobble, of course, with the West Ham goal, but I think that they'll be at least thereabouts going into the last game of the season against Wolves. But it's Leicester that I can see. They are dropping like an absolute anchor. Um, I'm looking at their fixtures as well. They've got Palace at home. Palace are no pushovers. Then they've got Arsenal away. Then they're away at Bournemouth, who, you know, you've got to think can't play any worse than they did against Newcastle, and that could be that could be them gone if they don't get a result in that game. Then they've got Sheffield United. Then they're away at Tottenham. Then they've got Man United to finish off the season. If Wolves can be within, you know, a point or two or ahead of them going to that last game of this season, that could be pivotal. Yeah, I, I think Leicester... Um, the goals have dried up, haven't they? That's that's the big thing. If Vardy doesn't score, then who who does? That I mean, it was a bit like that with Wolves and Jimenez for a while, but everybody else seems to be chipping in now. Um, whether it's Neto off the bench or whether it's you know players like Dendonka, you know the the goal burden hopefully will carry on being shared. Um, when you look at Chelsea, they're a bit ropey at the back. They don't seem to know what their best defensive pairing is I think it was Christensen and Rudiger for West Ham and uh, I think Rudiger's a bit shaky and Christensen hasn't come on like the thought he would and so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of tackle this the next few weeks I think Wolves and United you know are, are looking really good um, United of course have got Pogba and Fernandes in the middle of the park and that is you know that is a midfield pairing that will be the envy of most teams and our Wolves have got Nevers and Matinho which is right up there as well but Pogba and Fernandes you cannot deny that is a that is a top class midfield pairing and could be the difference maker for them. But uh, I think it will be a very close run race. Um, and as you say, I, I do see Leicester perhaps falling away because I think the goals have dried up. They're not looking all that solid at the back these days either. Um, Chelsea, they've just got to settle on the defensive pairing. If they do, then you know a top a top four spot should be theirs really. But um, if they don't, if they if they carry on, kind of not knowing who their best def- defenders are, then there's every chance for Wolves. And, and United, it could be a position where you find that both Wolves and United end up uh, finishing in that, in that top four. And we've got a really good Arsenal preview coming up for you in about 15, 20 minutes. And make sure you are online for that. Um, but we've got so many great questions, Joe. I had a couple of other segments yeah. planned, but I'm reading through them just before... Oh, I said just before coming on air, about an hour before coming on air. And I'm thinking... We've got to answer them because because these are the people listening every single week. They're the people why why we're here, and yeah. uh, every question is brilliant. So I think we should just owe it to them to get as many as we can answer. We can't get all of them, but you know, over 30, 40 questions here. Let's let's sift through them and see what we can do. Come on, come on. Okay, here we go. Reggie, Reggie says uh, we have the manager, we have the players, we have the form, and we have the motivation. After Chelsea lost yesterday and the current form Wolves are in, is there any reason that we can't win every game or at least go undefeated until the end of the season? No, it's not. It's not a stretch. It's not. It isn't, is it? It's no. It's not. Um, you know, the look. You look at the the form Wolves are in. Uh, I think Tim Tim Spears, uh, uh, you know, alluded to it uh, on Twitter the other day as well that Wolves have got the best defensive record since Willie Bolly's return to the uh, return from injury in February of anyone in Europe. So if that carries on, then they've got every chance. Um, it's uh, you know they, they, they've got they've, they've got momentum on their side, which is a big thing as well. We all worried whether the momentum would have been halted by the by the season kind of uh, being kind of suspended, but it's 
they've carried on exactly where they left off. And once you get in that winning groove, it's very hard to get out of. F- fingers crossed it carries on on Saturday. But you, you know, you're looking at this game. I, I think I've got a sneaky feeling it might be a draw. Um, I just think Arsenal have got goals in them, um, but they are ropey at the back. So I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, just being a slightly the pessimistic guy that I am. <laughs> I think it might be a draw. Then you're looking at Sheffield United. I think Wolves can win that. Um, then you're looking at it's Everton. I think Wolves can win that. Then you've got um, Burnley winnable, Palace winnable, Chelsea certainly winnable as well. You know the 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 right near each other in the table for a reason. So as Reggie says, every possibility. Let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Of course, I think. I think the the new now mantra of a game at the time is a good way to be looking at the things, especially now. I know it's very easy to get excited, and there is every reason to be excited, but you know things can soon change in football. So, so let's try and take it one game at a time. But all those games, when you look at them on paper, they are very much winnable, and uh, you know it could be a fantastic end to the season for Wolves. Uh, Gail Holford says, do you think there's going to be less room for manoeuvre in the next transfer window because of the current situation? If any players were to go, who do you think it could be? Well, I thought the market would be a bit more quiet. Um, But it does seem, across Europe, um, there is some pretty big deals still being done. Um, Of course, Chelsea signing in Timo Werner is probably the flagship signing so far. But even though across the continent. I know it was kind of a, a swap deal, which I think I think which will be more that we'll see perhaps the elements of those was uh, Pjanic going from Juventus to Barcelona and Arthur going from Barca to Juventus. Um, so I think we will see some more of that. has gone for forty five million to buy Sané's gone, yes. Yeah, so that I mean clubs are still spending money. Yeah. And I don't think walls will be any different really. Um you know, the, the word was that they, they wouldn't spend, you know, kind of astronomical amounts on, on one player. But if, if, if that's what the market dictates, then and Wolves want to kind of strengthen for a Champions League push, uh, um, you know, a Champions League campaign, sorry, if, if they get that, then, you know, I think you, you've got to take whatever measures are necessary. And if that means spending 40, 50 million on a player or, break, or setting another new transfer record, then, then that's what's got to be done. I think... I can- Sorry, Joe. I yeah. guarantee. I guarantee this summer, with the way Wolves are playing, there will be bids in, multiple bids in for Raúl, for Jota, for Traore, for Neves, for Bolly. Guarantee you, there will be. There will be. And next season, there will be approaches for Nuno. It's just, it's the nature of the beast. Of course, people are going to ask questions on these kind of players because Wolves are still seen as a club where, oh, maybe we could still prize them away, and they're not going to be able to do that. Because of the contracts they're on, they're not going to be able to play, pay, pay money. They're not going to, they're going to unsettle players by by offering silly amounts, knowing that they're trying to unsettle them for, to force a transfer request and get them at a cheaper. It's not, it's not going to happen. They're past that now. And you look at the likes of Spurs, you look at the likes of Arsenal, you look at the likes of of Leicester, so to speak, and these clubs in and around Wolves. And you're thinking they're not going to move for you. They're only going to move for maybe Man City or Liverpool at best. And if you are going to do that, you're going to have to spend 70, 80, 90 million pounds, mate. Well, exactly, and on that front, um, I did a tweet about uh, from what Willie Bolly had been saying earlier, and I mean it's a rarity that Willie Bolly 
does it does any interviews, but he's he's done a few this week. Um, one of them was with Being Sports, and it was kind of answering fan questions. Um, one of them was that just kind of a, more of a statement, really, but it said, Willie, please, 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 please sign for Arsenal. And his reply to that was, uh, no, never. <laughs> he said, Arsenal's a very good team, but I'll pay... He said, no, he said, he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Never. Now, well, he just said, no, never, and started laughing, but then he, then he said, Arsenal's a very good team on paper, but we're not afraid of them. Um, he said maybe and then he went on to say maybe before the Wolves team goes there maybe I'd go but <laughs> it's yeah that's that's the thing now um, why give up what you've got at Wolves for for, for, for something kind of in and around you it's, it doesn't really make sense so I think the only way that any of these key players go is if the huge mega clubs come in I mean we've seen Traor Ray's name linked to Liverpool a lot you know, if that ever did materialise, you know, a proper Liverpool bid with big money, with kind of big guarantees, then, you know, the you know Wolves' hand may be forced. But unless it's Liverpool, Man City, uh, Barcelona, uh, Real Madrid, uh, maybe Juventus, if you're going to be the main man, but as long as Ronaldo's there, you're going to be in his shadow. So unless it's one of them big kind of Galactico clubs, uh, no, I don't think I don't think they're leaving. I think they're staying. Yeah, and, and I think everyone's very comfortable with it. You know, if, if Liverpool got offered £80, 80 million, pounds, eight zero million pounds for, for Dama Traore, and Traore wants to go, and Wolves are happy with the price, and I don't, I don't have a problem. I don't think I'm going to be mourning it, because no. it's an incredible figure to get yes. for a play that has been developed and, and obviously has got that kind of market value in Europe. But but at the same time, I don't think people aren't going to be like, oh, well, we've lost him now, now we're going to have to rebuild or anything no. like that, like it is for a lot of clubs who who are, who are built up this star player, um, but but no one else around them, aka Jack Grealish or someone like that, who by the way will, will be on a lot lot less, um, you know, price tag than someone like a Traore, um, if and when they go down Aston Villa, or even if they stay up, N- nothing like that kind of a figure. Traore is way surpassed that from a market value point of view, and uh, and because Wolves have got so many stars, so many assets, so so much quality. Sounds stupid, but they can get away with you know with spe- with getting huge money for him and uh, and and keep on going. Maybe buy one or two replacements with that. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, I, I mean, naturally, he can't, I mean, he's not even playing away games. Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. the most ridiculous yeah. thing. He's probably only playing home games. We'll discuss Arsenal in a bit. I expect him to come back in for Arsenal, but you know, this guy's playing one out of every two. Yeah, yeah. Na- naturally, you don't you don't want to lose him. Of course, you won't want to lose Traore, but. Uh, Wolves being the clever club that they are, that they would, there would be contingency planning, and they wouldn't be planning to losing, but they would be kind of looking at certain options if the situation did arise and he did leave. I think, you know, naturally, even when you sign a player and he's he's scoring all the goals and like Jimenez has been, for example, Wolves would be in the back of their minds thinking of right, who's the next guy to take on the Jimenez mantle, and whether that's if he leaves for big money. Or when he comes to kind of after his peak years and he starts to wind wind down a little bit, that's just the part and parcel of any club. They're going to be looking at what they can do after the current crop and things like that. You know, you see it with the academy a little bit. The players like grooming Christian Marquez for the Conor Cody role, and it's stuff like that. Wolves are going to always be thinking about the future as much as they are in the present. Um, but if Traore was to leave or if one of them was to leave in the summer I don't think it would necessarily be the end of the world um, 
But of course, we'd want them all to stay. And as long as Nuno commits in the summer, which I do think he will, um, then I think everybody else stays at least for another year. I feel like I'm straining and going off on rants in this podcast. And I feel like I'm talking a bit like that. I feel like like this is the decibel level that I'm talking because I'm getting so excited and and, and carried away. So I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Yes. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm getting too excited. Calm down, Nathan. Okay. Still a long way to go in the season. And breathe. Listen, now I'm back back to Joe Edwards' level. This is what it's like, mate. This is what I like to be with you. I think I'm more hyperactive, man. I'm more hyperactive, you see. Right, we've got we've got loads of questions, so we can't spend too much time okay, on every quick, one of these. We have to move on quickly, okay? So okay. Um, let's try and answer 10, 10 to 12 more um, in, in maybe a minute each at max, okay? Okay, I'll set okay, myself the task. Come here on. Here we go. A Mars Music show, it's only taken me a couple of years to realise that Nathan looks like Johnny. Joe, who do he, people say you look like? Personally, I think you look like a young Michael McDonald of Doobie Brothers fame. Who? Doobie Brothers. Well, he sent a picture. I mean, there's a picture on the um, on my on my questions on my Twitter. You do look a little bit like him. He's very hairy. Um, let's, let's have a look. Big moustache, big him. beard, and uh, looks a little bit sinister. I a bit cannot, like you. I cannot see. Um, Question. I'm going to have a quick. No, I can't. I can't find it. But I'll take. Your word for it. Yeah, yeah. I've had Neto a couple of times. I don't, I don't see You that. wish, pal. No, honestly, if you're on Twitter, say you look a bit like Neto, which I can see you when you when you when you you getting brushing your teeth and the missus in mm. bed, mate, sofa's in bed, and you come out, you have a bit of a shave, and you're like flexing, saying Pedro Neto, <laughs> wearing that wool shirt that you got signed for your uh, mm. for your wedding. Neto. Neto. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that. Net- Neto, but I'll also take the Derby Brothers, whichever. Darren May, Nuno loves a player project. Alan St. Maximin. Oh, Potential tasty, to be far tasty, tasty. Huh? Tasty, yeah. Tasty. I-, I-, I have been thinking about this, yeah. Carry on with the question, yeah. Um, potentially be a far better player if Nuno were to coach him, yes or no? Yes, yeah. Um, he's, a good, he's an exciting player, he's St. Maximin. Um, and this is all hypotheticals, but if Wolves were to lose Traore for big money, say mm. 80 million quid, mm. I think some maximum would be worth a look or worth an inquiry. Don't mind um, just, that, don't mind ju- that. Just to, just to see, just to test the waters as to what he'd be available for. Because I think, especially with all this cloud hanging over Newcastle as to whether they're going to get this takeover done or not, if it yeah. doesn't get done... I think some of their players are going to get a bit frustrated, and their mm-hmm. star player is St. Maximan. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, if Mike Ashley's still in charge, he'll cash in. You know yeah. what I mean? He'll, yeah. he'll soon cash in. I mean, I mentioned Sports Direct closing by me, and <laughs> I think he, I think he could do, do with a bit of money. So they are similar. I would say Traore is better at this moment in time. But if you were looking. You know, if there was a situation where Traore was sold for big money, I don't think you'd have to shell out. You'd perhaps shell out half of eighty for some maximum. You'd probably get him for about forty, maybe. Yeah. But 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 you know, if you could inquire, see what the see what the lighter land was. If you could get get him for forty and then get a few others in with the rest, then there might be something in that. But in a hypothetical world, if Nuno was coaching some maximum, could he make him into a better player? Yes, because he's done it with pretty much everyone. 
Okay, Kate Wright, uh, one of the people who did the fan verdicts. By the way, thanks for the, all the fan verdicts that have been sent in on match days. I hope you're enjoying all the, all the reviews from their sofa. Um, doing a great job sending them in. Um, and, and hopefully it gets you guys a bit of a... So it's, well, it's just, it's just a nice little different viewpoint than, than me and you rabbiting on all day, basically, isn't it? Mm. So it's nice to get a, a few different people in the verdicts, and we'll have another one after Arsenal on Saturday. Kate Wright says, uh, As there is likely to be a quick turnaround into next season, and barring, bearing in mind, hopefully we'll still be playing in Europe in August, if we keep a tight-knit squad, do you think fatigue is something to worry about going forward? Not, not especially. I, I do get the point. But we've always been saying, oh, well, the fatigue's going to set in now. Oh, it's going to set in now. Oh, the Christmas period, it's bound to set in now. But it, it doesn't. <laughs> so, so, somehow they find a way to kind of, you know, allay any fears. Um, there may be a point where it kind of gets a bit too much. But by and large, you know, all the way through so far, they, they've had two games a week for, for, for the best part of 12 months and they've, and they've coped. So... You know, I think there'd be, you know, that that medical team is absolutely first-rate, top draw. And uh, I think they'd have the tools in place to to, to keep it going if if Nunes wishes to carry on with a small squad, which it probably will be. Yeah, we're looking like, I think think by trying to work things out, and I've asked the Premier League a couple of times, but we're looking like a mid-September return yeah. away to the Premier League. So, so, so maybe about three or four when's, weeks. When's the date? Yeah, when's the date of the of the Europa Cup final? Let's hoping that the Wolves get there. Oh, I think it's about the 20th, the 22nd, something so, like that. Yeah, so three, four weeks, which I think is enough time. And when you think about it as well, um, Kate and everyone listening, is, you know, this summer was supposed to be the Euros. So, you know, if you, if you, if you compare that, most of, most of them, quite a lot of... Of Wolves' squad will be in those Europa League, uh, in Europe, in, in the European Championships, and they will probably only have two, three weeks before they will be getting back to pre-season. Would you say, Joe? Yeah. So well, it's a similar kind of time, isn't it? Really. Exactly. Well, you'd, you'd usually say you want six weeks of proper pre-season training, didn't mm-hmm. you? And Wolves had three weeks in this wait, in this break just gone, and then if they have three weeks in the next break, then you know putting two and two together, maybe it's not that easy, but. I, I think that would be fair enough. And you've got the likes of Pudence next season, and we're not going to see too much of this season. It doesn't look like, but, uh, but you know, he's, he's able to go. Your Netos, you know, Traore as well. I mean, Traore is kind of undercooked at the moment as well. You know, if, you, if you're playing him every other game this season, he's there next year. You know, you're only looking at three more games that you're going to see in between now and, uh, um, well, including the Europas, but now and the end of the season anyway. So you yeah. know, if you're going back, if you're judging by him playing home and not playing away, so. Uh, I think they're in. They're in. A, they're in a great position, a fantastic position. And I'd rather have teams and, and players that, that are playing amongst each other every single week than someone bring coming in from abroad for forty or fifty million pounds and out of an extra week to bed in. Uh, and, but then they've got to learn a whole brand new league and how the team play in the system. I'd rather be in Wolves' position, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Andy Hodge, what do you miss about what do you miss and not miss about being a football reporter as opposed to the average football fan on match days? I. It's just like oh, I know, I know you do, uh, but like celebrating a goal proper. <laughs> I mean, do you mean, I don't celebrate goals. I don't no, celebrate Wolves yes goals. Yes, you do. You what are you talking about? Always kind of calling at the ref as well. Ref, <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. If they're terrible. I'm going to tell them from anywhere. I don't care them in the press box or not. Um, yeah, just that, and kind of just getting wrapped up. Oh, you, you, you do, of course, still kind of enjoy it and everything as a reporter, but kind of just getting wrapped up in the chance and just kind of, um, 
you know, as silly as it sounds, just like goading the opposition fans. Not looking for a fight or anything like that. I was never that kind of type, kind of, you know, looking for a scrap or anything like that. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't, couldn't arm a bloody fly if I wanted to, to be honest. But if just kind of the, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you're rubbish, you know, not you're rubbish, but, you know, you're... You're, you 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 missed you missed the whole um, pointing at an opposition fan when you're one 0 up away from home and say yeah I'll see you outside wait until I'll see you outside I'll see you outside knowing no, for full well that you're not going to see that person outside and you'd be the last person he wants to see outside <laughs> but me you outside mate outside go on then go on then I'm coming now go on uh, well no, no, not that kind of time but you know who's the in the blue. You know, or someone like that, you know, kind of singling out some guy who's giving it the big gun. And, yeah. mate, it's, my, it's my podcast, mate. You can sing what you want on here, mate. Don't worry about it. Oh, I, must, I must admit, um, from my point of view, I think in, in the first few matches that I covered, well, for, for four seasons, five seasons, was from being a Middlesbrough fan to, to working for Middlesbrough Football Club. And you can't enjoy it as much. It's a completely different... You know, you have to take yourself out of it. You know, you're obviously working. You can't enjoy it. And it definitely... Changes changes the aspect of being a fan for that football club to to working with them, and I think when you see the players and you idolise them as a fan, and then you see some of them in the training ground on a night out or whatever, and it kind of changes your opinion of certain people. Yeah, is the nature of the beat, isn't it? These people you look up to, and I think a lot of lot you know a lot of people do do that. But when you see from the other side, I'm not saying it's necessarily bad all the time. It's not. Um, oh, I'm going to tell you a few stories about me, though. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, when you look look up to these kind of players and you see them on the other side, it's definitely different. I think it's a different way. And I would find it difficult now. If you put me back into the away end, I don't think I'd be as into it as I was before. Um, well, the middle spread, Wolves and I'd be absolutely fine. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, it is, it's a different way of looking at it. I'm not sure whether you can recover that to go into the fan. But at the same time, we're in a very privileged position. I mean, you say the good things aren't covering football. I mean, you know, Joe, we're both going to be at Molyneux on, on Saturday to, to, first of all, be able to watch a game of football live. It, we're very lucky to do that, yeah, which a lot of people can't. Lucky. So those are the positives. Um, I mean, the spreads that we get in some of the stadiums, now I take some of the pictures, are unbelievable. Uh, you know, you can't, I, can't get my, I can't get my salmon with a little bit of rocket salad and, and, and a bit of, bit of quinoa um, at the concourse, on the concourses. Um, and if I can, it'll be paying eleven quid for it. So those are your little bits and bobs that you like. Um, but I think yeah, just just the privileged position that we're in from time to time, Joe. And listen to the manager and him coming in and within fifteen minutes of a win, you know, you're, you're asking you're asking the, the main man a question. It, it's great. It's great to be involved in. Yeah, it, don't take it for granted. I absolutely love this job, and it's uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. But it it is different to being a fan. I mean, I am still a fan, but you know, a different fan these days. Uh, okay, I, I'm sorry. That was my fault for going on and gone. Um, yeah, your fault. All yeah, your it was fault. my fault. It was my fault. I hold my hands up, Joe. I hold Don't blame good me. questions. They are good questions. Right, Dave, Dave Gannon. Dave Gannon. Champions League beckons. Has Joe heard of any transfer targets to bolster next season's squad? Not heard any concrete names as of yet. Um, okay, to be honest like with you. No. Let, let, let's rifle through these okay here we go um, Paul Mansell uh, does the difference in Dean Smith and Nuno's responses to fixture fatigue underline the importance of mindset and how much Wolves have got it right seems like classic challenge versus threat outlook yeah it does just scream of excuses from Smith I, I, I do like Smith but um, yeah that, that was just a, a, a lame excuse really considering it was Wolves what was it 51st game of the season or whatever um, and, and, they've, and they've used 20 members of the squad ok so you haven't you've had 4 games in 11 days so what you've also had 1 yeah. game every week for the before lockdown and you were shit then 
Jesus. <laughs> right, King Wolf, Premier League next season, title next season. Is that a reasonable challenge or am I just getting too excited? Premier uh, League title challenge next season, what do you think? One game at a time. One game at a time, okay, <laughs> Nuno. Jonathan Giddings, do you think it's crazy that we are focusing that much on Champions League that we forget we could be playing in the Europa League next season, which in itself would be an amazing achievement? Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Wouldn't it? That'd still be, that'd still be all right. It is true, though. I mean, you know, he comes up with a great point because people do, you know, you're looking at Champions League now with the almost like your worst, it's not your worst case now because Wolves could lose out, you know, and they won't, but worst case scenario been, been Europa League football and even if they get Europa League football that's still a very much a possibility you, you hope that they're going to avoid those qualifications to get in there they'll go straight into the group stage which will be a bonus again and look we, we, we've thoroughly enjoyed a European tour this season um, we, we hope that some people get to a, you know take on board and come with us in August but if they don't then they will want to come again and there's some great ties if they go straight into a you know, a, a Europa League group stage, that, that's great. But, you know, shoot for the stars. Shoot for the stars and then enjoy whatever. But I don't know. <laughs> I, must have did, I must admit, I put a poll out. Um, well, I put a poll out saying, where do Wolves finish this season? Third or fourth? Fifth, sixth and seventh? Do you know? And then I put the poll out again after last night's results to see if it changed. Hasn't changed that much, actually. No. But, but 50% of people in both polls think fifth is where right. Wolves will finish. So... To be or not to be, we don't know, uh, would be Champions League football. A little bit of difference, though. Uh, two days ago, third and four, third or fourth was 21%, whereas now 33% say mm. third and fourth. So, you know, 78, that's 82% of people think they're going to finish third, fourth or fifth, Joe, which could, uh, at this moment in time, is Champions League football, which is incredible. Mm. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, we've we've asked the we've asked the question, Canon Jonathan, about we see Leicester potentially being the ones to drop out, if anyone. David Evans, given the recent success of Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams' Eurovision film, I haven't seen it yet on Netflix. David, what type of song would each player sing at the, this this year's competition? Who would win, and what would it be? But uh, Pedro Neto sing a classic two thousands pop song with a rap in the middle. Who would win? Who would be? Who thinks a good singer? Would you say, Joe? A good singer. Good singer um, in that squad. Bennett can play a bit of the guitar, can't he? Yeah. I think he's got a decent voice on him. Nevers would be doing a Coldplay song, wouldn't they? Oh, 100%. 100% a bit of Nevers. But, yeah. uh, what about, um, what about a, bit, a bit of... You can't really have Mexico in Eurovision, though, can you? They're not allowed. So no, what, no. what would Raul do? Um, have to be a Portu- it'd have to be a Portuguese winner, surely. Yeah, it'd be like a Portuguese seven or eight piece band kind of like a blazing squad kind oh of, yeah um, I don't mind that I like that I like that kind of vibe um, singing at the crossroads singing at the crossroads 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 see that, that was definitely your era wasn't it that, that was your yeah. blazing Get, squad well, that was one of the first singles you bought CDs ne- wasn't it Neves Matinho Neto Vinagra Matinho Patricio Jordo mm. have I said Neto Mm. Or, and then some of the other young lads yeah get, get the Portuguese blazing squad on the go and uh, that'll win it all. if I was entering I'd probably more like the Dana International kind of take of things probably before your time that Joe a lot of people yeah. will understand what the Dana mm. fantastic incredible incredible figure as well so I'd be more Dana International maybe singing someone something from a, a Darius Darius says hit me baby one more time Pop stars, mate. The rivals probably not. Um, probably no. Yeah, as well. Darius, um, um, Gav Gage, Will Young. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a bad shout. Um, I think um, you would be more what kind of like someone who you who go on stage who you don't think a lot of, but then all of a sudden blows them away. You, you'd be more the Subo, the Susan Boyle, wouldn't you? 
But my so you song You go on, is... you think, this guy's not up to much, and all of a sudden you bang out, oh, I dreamed a dream of time <laughs> on by. My uh, uh, karaoke song is Spandai Ballet True. So they, they really? Go, yeah, that's that. That would be yeah. That would be my entry. Can I give you? Can I give you a super fact that's going to be in my quiz tonight? Because we've got a Zoom quiz with our family tonight. My, okay. My, my super fact: the only singer ever, UK singer ever, to have a number one album in the UK and America at the same time is Susan Boyle. International is that? superstar. How mental is that? If you're listening, Subo, great to have you on board. Uh, George Brown, uh, what are your thoughts going into the Arsenal game? Start Dan Roar, keep him on the bench. Shall we, shall we wait for that question um, and go on to the preview after that? Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, Adam says, if Wolves were to get Champions League football next season, first of all, would you rather win the Europa and finish seventh to get it or finish third to get it? Finally, who would you sign to help us uh, do it again next season? I think I'd win the Europa. You've got to win the Europa, don't you? You want to piece You've got to win trophy. You, you want a piece of silverware. Um, so yeah, win the Europa. And who would I sign? I don't know. It, it, it's no use really picking a name out of a hat because they, they tend to sign players that you've not really heard of much. Um, maybe you're like a top right centre after, whether it be, I don't know if they'd go back in for Ruben Diaz maybe. But, um, you know, again, that's hypothetical. But I think it's a, maybe a top right centre half. If Wolves win the Europa League, I will be smashed to pieces on that one in Germany. <laughs> I will be a hot, hot mess. Um, uh, Matt Cook, if it could come down to goal difference, so how do we become a little bit more expansive and score more goals? I don't think Wolves will 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 change the way they're they're going to play, Joe. To be honest, if it happens, if it happens, but they're not going to change and, and and be more uh, more fluent and maybe throw men forward. That's just not like them, is it? No, it's a good good approach to have in uh, in that competition in a knockout format. They're going to be one leg toys going forward as long as they beat uh, Olympiacos as well. So you know they're always tight games, and more seem to revel in tight games at the moment. So I think it bodes well. Jay Burr, will we ever see more of the bench use? Nuno hardly uses the three subs, let alone five. <laughs> yeah, we we said that he wouldn't be using it a lot. Um, we could. I, I, I think he tends to make two, and then to kind of bet the time go down makes a couple doesn't he right at the end but um, un- unless they're in a position where they're winning 3 or 4 nil, then they're not going to use all five subs Bernie Bro is it just me who's who's worried about Raul missing the odd game due to a baby arrival in July we've got Neto or Traore who could play up front Ponents uh, maybe maybe coming on the right he says oh good point um, yeah I didn't really think of that but um yeah, there could be a situation where Jota leads the line as a false nine. Um, but hopefully he'll, he'll get back among the goals soon. I think he's one player that looks like he could do with a goal. We know what he's like. He's up and down. He's a bit of a confidence player. So hopefully Saturday's the day. Helen Hodge, what are, your most, what are you more concerned about in the next two home games? Who are you most concerned about, Arsenal or Everton? Arsenal. Arsenal, Mike, yeah. Mike, gut feeling on Man City Champions League decision. Uh, I think they'll get away with it. I honestly do. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I think I, I don't think they should, but I think they will. Um, Sean Smith, can you see the club taking advantage of some of the rumoured inflated valuations on a couple of our players to accelerate our progress up the FFP ladder in terms of buying? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say what the market's going to look like, but that people are still spending big. Um, uh, I don't think they're in a position that when they're going to rush to sell 
it, but if but it, it, you know whether inflation or not, if a big offer comes in, they may accept it. But yeah, I don't think it's going to have a massive bearing. Okay, last five questions here. Um, Matt Kirby, do you think Nuno will start anyone outside his usual twelve during the run-in for nominal consistency? Um, so the twelve man would be Dendonka, I guess. Yeah, um, Neto think, might come into that. that I that, think that. I think Neto will come into the mix at some point. Um, if he if he carries on performing like he has been, um, one of those away games, I think perhaps Sheffield United or perhaps even Burnley. Um, yeah, I think Neto will come in at some point. But apart from that, yeah, I don't, I don't really see. It's maybe maybe twelve, thirteen. Lewis back. I'm going around my girlfriend's house for the first time since lockdown. Goodness oh, me. Oh, 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 oh the wrong, wrong email. Oh, okay. Isn't my any other replies? To watch the game. To watch the game. Uh, oh, her yes, dad on Saturday. Aye, 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 aye. Uh, they both support Arsenal. What song should I gloatingly dance to when Wolves bang in their third of the evening? Um, We've got Nevers, Uber mm. Nevers, just don't think you understand. You're yes. very nasally, Joe. Very yeah, nasally. Sing that because Nevers is, and how they will prove it on Saturday, loud's better than bad for their midfielders. Xhaka uh, and Tobias. Have a lead, lads, and the water. Um. Or sing, Judah, 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 Judah. Just consistently for an hour. Just yeah. Cook says, um, would you would you rather miss out on Champions League football but win the Europa League? Well, that you're not going to miss out on Champions League football, wouldn't you? Would you rather miss out on Champions League football but win the Europa League or get knocked out the Europa League but qualify for Champions League football? What are you talking about? It's all right, mate. It... it, it, it it's kind of overlooked that if you win the Europa, you get into the Champions League. But, ah, yeah, crazy, crazy times. Um, okay, thank you very much. Questions, questions, fantastic, fantastic questions yes, this week. Love those. Uh, so now we're very lucky because um, earlier on today I spoke to Elliot Smith, who's the host of the Arsenal Vision podcast, all the way in good old US of A. He had some very interesting things to say about the Gooners and. Uh, also explained about where he sees Wolves in comparison to Mikhail Arteta's side. So a really good chat. I uh, hope you enjoy this little segment. Here it is. Here's that chat with Elliot. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Elliot Smith, the host of the Arsenal Vision podcast. Elliot, I know you're not kind of a strange accent from people who are listening in. You're not uh, you're not from South London, are you? No, not from South London, although I used to work there. So I, I think I'm South London adjacent. <laughs> where, where about, whereabouts are you, Elliot? Uh, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota right now. Interesting time and place to be in the world. Yeah, absolutely. How, how are things over there? Across um, the pond. I would say that we have a community that is doing its best to heal itself and probably leave it at that. Yeah, prob- prob- yeah probably probably right, mate. Uh, well, uh, all the people, all the listeners um, are definitely um, definitely big fans of, of the Americans, of the Yanks, especially with, uh, with Alana, who was on the podcast the other a couple of weeks ago. So um, best of luck to you, mate. Big Arsenal fan. So um, I know that uh, things haven't been... <laughs> Particularly easy. I'm going to say this season, but it's, it's been it's been quite a while now. What what do you make of what's gone on this year and where Arsenal are 
um, at this moment in time. So obviously seventh, you know, one place below below Wolves in sixth. Uh, played 32, won 11, drawn 13, lost eight. Uh, six points behind Wolves as it stands. Where, where where do you see things at the moment? Well, I mean, it sounds redundant to say that it's been a strange season because it's obviously been a strange season for everyone uh, given the layoff. But for us, we started the season with Unai Emery, um, not a, a coach that I think people were particularly in support of. And it was pretty evident, pretty clear that he needed to move on. But before the club was decisive and made that move, and I, I think they waited way too long, the international break uh, in the fall would have been the time to do it. They waited mm-hmm. a bit longer than that. And by the time he was moved on, I think the league season was already pretty well scuppered. The decision was to go with Arteta, obviously, who was rumored to be the one who would have gotten the job before Emery was appointed. And it was a sort of a late-in-the-moment decision to switch to Unai Emery. Um, and Arteta came in right before the holiday program, so there wasn't time to really train with the players to to try to implement any kind of philosophy. He was firefighting right away with with a group of players that I think is lacking in talent and was at the time lacking in fitness. So I think he did really well to start to establish a bit of a philosophy, but then you wind up with the COVID-19 layoff and Project Restart you know, comes back with Manchester City as your first challenge and David Luiz gets sent off and gives away a terrible penalty and, and loses mm-hmm. the game for you. So just a season of a lot of false false starts. Um, we are now on a, a three-match winning run. Uh, I don't know that the performances have been electrifying, but the best I can say is that you see a philosophy with Emery that has a future for us if he can get the players to buy in, if he can get the leadership at the club to bring in the talent that we need because ultimately it is still a case of just not having the kind of talent that a club like Arsenal should expect. So there's a lot of work still to do. It is a, a I think, long-term project. I know people hate that expression, but we're just at the very beginning of it. I mean, I'm just looking at just looking at your results here now. I mean, obviously you picked up. You didn't start the season too badly, but one win in, in just over two months... November and December, that's, that's astonishing, absolutely astonishing. I didn't realise it was that bad, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I did. But, but you, have got, you have got, you know, there's obviously defensive frailties there, but I think with with the guys you've got up front, and especially Aubameyang, he's going to be one of the main dangers, I'm sure, essential for you guys to, to sign on a new contract. Well, it's a tough one, right? Because from a talent standpoint and an output standpoint, you absolutely cannot argue with... Aubameyang being the best player at Arsenal and a player that Arsenal desperately needs to hold on to. But he's 31 years old. He's going to be Mm -hmm. on a mega wage. He's going to want probably four years because he knows this is his last big contract. And if we do sign him, and if we are a team that that recognizes that we're on a multi-year project of trying to get back to relevance in the Premier League, the question becomes, should we be committing a quarter of a million pounds a week or beyond to someone who, by the time we have the kind of talent around him we need is going into his age 33-year-old season or age 34-year-old season, especially for a player who, while he's extremely intelligent with his movement and, and an exceptional in-the-box player, really thrives on athleticism and pace. So I, I don't know if your dog is disagreeing with me or agreeing with me. I'm going to assume yeah, he's agreeing. I think he's doing both. I'll, okay. I'll, just, I'll just try and let him out one second. Maybe Fair with enough, him. yeah. The dog has been kicked out. All he's right, yeah, out. my dog he's is gone. actually he's gone. at my feet, but, but he's, he's doing all right. So, so yeah, so what I would say is losing Aubameyang would be painful because it's unclear how we would replace his goal-scoring output, but at some point, this Arsenal club is going to have to take its medicine and start rebuilding in earnest. We bought Lacazette for almost 50 million pounds one summer, and 
in that very next January window, we spend almost $60 million on Aubameyang. Um, you know, we signed Mesut Ozil late in his prime to a contract that has become a millstone around the club's neck. We lose Aaron Ramsey for free because we were scared of selling him. We lose Alexis Sanchez in a swap for Mkhitaryan instead of getting money for him because we were scared of selling him. And this sort of fearful attitude, the, the fear of being branded a selling club, maybe the legacy of having lost... Sesk and Van Persie and Nasri and Adebayor and all those players who we couldn't hold on to has led the club to go the opposite direction. And that's a failed strategy. We've lost assets for no value. And now we are trying to rebuild the squad on a, a shoestring budget. So if there is a real market for Aubameyang where real funds could be uh, received for selling him, it would be an extremely painful move, but it might be one that signals a club willing to take its medicine and start the path back to relevance, whereas signing a 31-year-old player to a four-year deal on huge wages, while I love him, he is my favorite player at the club, and, and faster to 50 goals than Thierry Henry, um, still to me looks like repeating the mistakes of the recent past. Yeah, interesting, Elliot. Um, obviously, I think, I think looking at the table now, the, the best Arsenal can hope for with their running, it's probably Europa League football next season. Uh, I don't think Champions League is is within their reach with the with the you know third Leicester, Chelsea, Man United, and Wolves. Where, where do you see Arsenal and Wolves at this time? Do you feel that that um, there's similarities there? Do you put them on par with Wolves? Do you put them behind Wolves? Do you put them ahead of Wolves? What, what's the um, squad to squad and, and and the way things are going at this moment in time? And like you say, the rebuild that's happening at Arsenal. Where do you see the likes of Wolves in terms of in terms of Arsenal Football Club? Well, from pure quality standpoint, we're behind Wolves. I mean, and if you look at our metrics, whether it's under Arteta or, or Emery, I don't know if you're a fan of the sort of analytics side of things like expected mm-hmm. goals and stuff, but we're you know we're like tenth in expected goals and fourteenth in expected goals allowed. We're a lower mid table team in terms of our performances, and we're behind Wolves for a reason. I don't know if if Wolves fans heard any of this chatter, but I know that when Emery was getting ready to get the sack. Nuno was someone that was talked about as being a candidate he for the was, Arsenal oh, job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, Arsenal fans weren't super excited about that. I think it's hard for us to turn our nose up really at anyone right now, given the state of our squad and our club and, and comparing it with Wolves. I think your squad looks more talented than ours top to bottom. Um, I think you have players that are extremely difficult to live with like Adama Traore and I really fear what he could do to us with our lack of athleticism in midfield and our questionable central defenders especially in space and one-on-one so I mean right now would I would I swap your squad for ours I mean I I don't know that I would do that only because I think the top end of Wolves uh, level is probably trying to get fourth and maybe settling for Europa League I think we have a few young talents in the squad, like Bukayo Saka, who we just re-signed. Yeah, who, I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a tremendous player and one who I think has the kind of upside that you need to get back into the top four and, and eventually someday challenge for a title. I wouldn't change places with you only because we still, despite it deteriorating, have revenue that, that far surpasses yours at this moment, right? I think mm-hmm. um, in terms of our commercial deals, in terms of our gate receipts, which right now there are no gate receipts, which is not helpful for us. In terms of what we can do with TV revenue, I think we're still in a reasonable position, although it has deteriorated massively over the last couple of seasons. So right now, I think you're better. I think the table yeah. proves you're better. Uh, Long term, I still like our, our potential just because I still think we have the ability to uh, outspend and, and raise more revenue. But you never know, maybe that'll change. 
Grace Ophelia, um, so so obviously the big game at the weekend, it's Wolves against Arsenal. What do you see of, coming off the back of a 4-0 of win, albeit against against Norwich, but you have had a little, put, put a bit of a run together. Can you see a similar side? There were there was Pepe was on the bench, Saka was on the bench the other night. Can you see can you see Arteta making changes, or do you think he'll stick with the same side uh, that that started against Norwich? No, he definitely won't stick with the same side. I think he was clever. I mean, he had played some players in in virtually every game, or maybe every game since Project Restart uh, kicked mm-hmm. off, and and Norwich at home was the obvious chance to give some players a rest. I mean, we now head into a stretch of. Wolves away, Leicester at home, Spurs away, Liverpool at home. Yeah. Uh, and then Villa away, City in the uh, Cup semifinal, and Watford on the last day. So apart from Villa at home and Watford away, uh, pardon me, Villa away and Watford at home, it's a brutal run-in for us, and he's going to mm-hmm. need his best players in probably every one of those games. So sure. I think Saka will come back in. Mm-hmm. I think Lacazette will drop out for Eddie Nketiah most likely. Pepe is an interesting one. I think people were really impressed by Reese Nelson against Norwich, but I also think Norwich are... How shall I say this delicately? Terrible um, at football. Horrific. <laughs> horrific. <laughs> Nightmarishly bad. Not to mention yeah. that they also had a defensive injury crisis, so they, they really, really were poor. Um, I would like to see Pepe come back in. I could see it being the Aubameyang and Kedia Pepe front line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arteta has been favoring a back three, and while I don't love it, I understand why he's doing it, and I think he could try to do that again um, to protect what are really just a terrible selection of center backs that he has to choose from. But that means going with the midfield too, um, which can get exposed. He's been doing it with Shaka sitting deeper. And in the previous game, it was Joe Willick running ahead of him. But Ceballos is coming off maybe his best game ever for Arsenal other than Burnley early in the season. And again, caveats in place that it was Norwich. So I could see Ceballos keeping his place. That to me, the Willick-Ceballos choice, as, as dire as that is, probably is the only one that's in doubt. Maybe Cedric Suarez, who made his first debut and scored on his debut uh, with a beautiful goal, he could come in for Hector Bellerin or, or Ainsley Maitland-Niles. So I would expect to see a back three, Tierney playing left wing back, probably Cedric or, or Hector playing right wing back, Shaka mm-hmm. and Ceballos in midfield, and then Aubameyang and Kedia and uh, Pepe up front. And candidly, while I like a lot of those players, it doesn't feel like a lineup that's going to give you a lot of trouble. Well, I was going to say the, the final thing for me, Elliot, is, is, is a prediction as we ask everyone who comes on the show. So, finally, prediction. It's Wolves against Arsenal at Molyneux. What is your score? It's tough. I I can see us scoring against you, but I, I don't see us keeping you out. I could see this being a, a bit of a, a tough test for us. Maybe maybe a 2-1 loss that flatters us a bit. I, I hate to be the Doomy Arsenal fan. It is a little bit on brand for me. <laughs> Um, this is sort of the super agent Darby though. Now, right. I, I believe you guys absolutely. have a close relationship with, with a super agent Mr. as Mendes, do, yeah, yeah, with Mendez and we, we have Kia Jarabshian. So <laughs> Kia and Jorge can, uh, wager a player's contract over, over the outcome. And I think it'll be Jorge Mendez collecting at the end of the day. Well, you've absolutely killed it. Thank you very much, Elliot. Top man. Thank you for coming on. Um, if, if people want to listen to the, to the podcast, give you, give it a plug. And, and if they can want to get in, in, in contact with you or, or follow you, what, what are those, uh, what are the ways and means to get hold of you, mate? Yeah, sure. I definitely recommend listening to the podcast. It's the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast. I would not recommend following me on Twitter. It's at Yankee Gunner, but you know, <laughs> everybody has their, their tastes. So, uh, yeah, I just appreciate you having me on. And, Look, I, I hope I'm wrong about the, the prediction for me. And, and, you know, if you're lucky, maybe I'll be right. <laughs> Elliot, superb. Thank you very much for coming on and uh, stay safe out there. Cheers. Fantastic there from Elliot. Joe, some really interesting things that you said there. I mean, look, he spoke very well, I thought, about the current predicament Arsenal are in. And 
like, I mean, you know, and we we've talked about it, but it's it's interesting that, that especially someone who's who's so uh, so into Arsenal agrees really for pure quality. He said that they're behind Wolves. Talked about you know some of the some of the fans who, who almost turned their noses up at, at Nuno when he was mentioned because they wanted a star name or a special name or a you know a highlight reel name, um, and that you know the squad is more talented from top to bottom. It's strong words, and people are realising that it's not just, you know, they're not under the radar anymore, are they, this side? No, they're not. It's not just our views, you know, in, you know, of following wars. It's it's becoming a generally kind of accepted view across the league now. Everybody really realises how good Wolves are. Players like Willy Bolly are getting the recognition, really, now that they deserve, as are the Traores and the Jimenezes. Um yeah, you've got to agree with him. I mean, he says that, that Arsenal are below walls in terms of quality, and they are. They are. Uh, Arsenal are what you would say are in a tra- transitional period. Um, you know, given given that, but it, you know, it's it's all about the here and there, really. And an Arsenal squad side, you'd only really look at Aubameyang if from a Wolves perspective and being interested. Oh, Saka, mate. Saka's Saka's. Quality, to be fair. Saka, Saka looks decent. I mean, Pepe looks okay. I mean, yeah. I, you know, whether he was seventy million club record signing, I don't think he's proved that yet. But he's got something. Yeah. But yeah, Wolves one to eleven are a better team. than certainly more solid defensively. Um, I mean, interesting at the moment with Arsenal, they've got a former Wolves lad in goal um, with yes, with, uh, with Martinez. Um, I mean, heroes welcome, heroes welcome from the peeps <laughs> from the South Bank, <laughs> from the mosaic. <laughs> yeah, nah, he, to be he, fair, he, I think you probably get the same welcome um, if, if fans were. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he, he weren't terrible at Wolves. Yeah, he wasn't he were, very he, good, mate. From what he, I saw, he weren't great either. He had a, he had a bit of a rickening, but he, he's done all right actually. I've watched a few of the Arsenal games over the past few weeks, and he has looked okay. He's looked pretty solid. Um, so I don't think he's. I think he has come on since his time at Wolves and um, we'll see if it can break him down but uh, you know it regards to the comments there yeah Wolves are on paper you'd say the stronger team um, fingers crossed to back it up so team wise then uh, what are we thinking does I guess the two main selection points for Nuno is do you take Traore do you put Traore back in and take Dendonka out and does Jota keep his place or does Neto get his chance I've just been looking at Arsenal's team. They tend to go for a 3-4-3. Three, three. He said they're um, going to go three at the back. He'll continue with three at the back. But there will be changes, of course, with, with players who are on the bench and rested against Norwich. The likes of Pepe to come back in, Saka yeah. to come back in. Yeah, exactly. They they tend to go 3-4-3. Three, three. Personnel's a bit kind of who and who and yeah. what. But and Ketty, I think, will come back in as well. And Ketty will probably come in for Lacazette. Yeah. I'd imagine Pepe and... Aubameyang will be either side of him mm-hmm. and then on both flanks on the wing back roles probably going to be Saka and Bellerin Sabayos and Xhaka in the middle yeah that's what that's what he said so, yeah, so what so, Wolves wise so yeah so I think they kind of be ma- matched up really 3-4-3 three, three. Um, get Traore back in and get Traore running up Arsenal will look to double up on him I think mm-hmm. with probably be TNA slash Kalasinac in that left centre back role um, and then Saka on the defensive, which he, he has shown he can do. He can can do that defensive covering. But as we've seen so many times with Traore, you think two men on him is enough, and most most of the time it isn't. Um, he'll find a way. So uh, that's going to be an intriguing battle. I think the most interesting battle is probably um, 
Abameyang and Bolly because Abameyang likes to drift him from the left. Bolly, of course, on that right side now with Sais on the left. Uh, I think that's where the kind of key battle is. You know, Bolly's been speaking ahead of the game, which is a rarity, but he wants to keep a clean sheet. So you know, it's whether it's who comes out on top there. I think I'll have a big bearing on the results. And Jota, does he get? Does he get another nod? I think so. I think so. Um, you know, the Neto is firmly knocking on the door, but we've seen with Nuno plenty of times with Jota when he hasn't been at his best. He tends to he tends to stick by him because Jota can turn on the style in an instant if he's having a if he's having a really bad game or whatever. He can score a ten minute hat trick. He just he, yeah. he's just one of those players. So I think he'll start. Finally, then to finish off from us, predictions. Um, Joy. I'm going to say a draw. Um, I'm kind of up in an army whether there's going to be goals or not. I've, I've got a feeling it could be nil-nil. Um, I hope not, but that's just what my head is telling me. Don't know why, but it just seems to be a nil-nil. Not, neither team has drawn since the restart. Um, Arsenal coming into it off the back of a couple of wins after a couple of shaky results to start with. Wolves, of course, with the three wins. But, um, yeah, just got a feeling... Nil-nil out. And I don't think that's a bad result either. Um, of course, you'd want to win to make a big statement. But a draw against Arsenal, then to take into Sheffield United, that would be four games unbeaten since the restart. I don't think you can complain too much with that. I'm going to go with the same result as Elliot has predicted. I'm going to go with Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Arsenal 1. Okay. Four wins on the bounce, bubbling hot. Uh, Joe, it's been a pleasure... As I always. shall see you at a socially distanced Molyneux on Saturday, Bebe. Bebe. It is Wolves against Arsenal. Fingers crossed three points. Uh, watch from home. Send us all your questions. Send us them on match day. Send us them for preview. Send us them at the end. Enjoy the coverage. We've got so much to come. It's exciting times to be a Wolves fan. From Joe, from me. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.